For many people, the holiday season is a time of laughter and joy. However, there are those who find the experience less pleasant. There are many people that become depressed during this time of the year. It has been stated that the suicide rate increases significantly during the winter holiday seasons. The key components that cause depression for some are sadness and anxiety, feelings of guilt and hopelessness, conflict among relatives, financial crises, and even loneliness. Life is full of ups and downs. And if you're not careful, the spirit of depression can creep up on you and cause you to ruin your life. I can remember after I gave birth to my daughter, I went to the doctor for my six-week checkup. And she asked me, was I starting to experience any symptoms of postpartum depression? She began listing some of the symptoms, and I said no. I said to myself, there is no way that I'm going to go through that. I'm a child of God. That's for those people who don't know God. Boy, was I in for a rude awakening. As I tried to get back into the swing of things, it seemed like I, I, I just wasn't fitting in. I began focusing on different things that were happening in my life, and eventually I would find myself in tears. I was starting to experience this thing called postpartum depression. It seemed like everything was going wrong, and the more I analyzed the situation, the more I became depressed. I would be driving in my car, and I would tune out the music that I was listening to, and I would dwell on the things that were happening in my life. I would find myself so engulfed in my problems that I would miss my exit. After I would put the baby to sleep again, I would find myself entertaining different situations that would cause me to be down in the dumps. Thank God I realized that I couldn't stay this way. I am aware that this is how the enemy attacks us Christians, by getting into our minds. The enemy will try to wreak havoc in your mind. The more we think about the situation, the more depressed we get. The more we think about the situation, the more we lose our self-worth. The more we think about the situation, the more we feel that we would be better off dead. But I'm here to tell you this morning, that is a lie straight from the pit of hell. Hallelujah. God is the author and giver of life. 
that's the trick of the enemy. And he will not take us out. He will not. The scripture says that God breathed the breath of life into us. Our life is a gift from God. Don't let nobody tell you anything different. Life is worth living because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We should leave the giving and taking of life in the hands of our sovereign God. This is one of the reasons why the Bible tells us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The challenge that we face as Christians is to renew your mind every day. So in my situation, to renew my mind and change my thinking, I began to seek God for help. When I felt myself starting to get down, I would immediately shift my focus off of the situation and focus on Jesus. Hallelujah. You know why? Because my Bible tells me that if I keep my mind stayed on him, he will keep me in perfect peace. It's right there in the word, y'all. Hallelujah. If you find yourself wandering and wallowing in that depression, just start thinking about Jesus. Come on, sing a little song about Jesus lifting you up. Because if you keep your mind stayed on Jesus, he will keep you in perfect peace. I know that I'm not the only one that gets depressed due to life circumstances. And if there is anybody in here who can say to themselves that I've been there or I'm right there now, then you are the one that I'm preaching to on this morning. And I'm here to let you know that there is a word from the Lord and we are going to shake loose all of those strongholds this morning. Amen. Because the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So I want you to do this for me. Turn to your neighbor and say, I will be set free this day. Come on, do it again. I will be set free this day. Hallelujah. If you really believe that thing, come on, I give God some praise. Praise him in advance for what he's going to do this day. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God knows what we need when we need it. Hallelujah. I would like to talk to you for just a few moments from the subject. Don't look back. Keep it moving. Don't look back. Keep it moving. God is telling us that the past is the past. You might have lost your job and now you're trying to figure out why you were the one that had to be let go. You might be going through a divorce and you're spending your time thinking about what went wrong. Maybe you should have did this instead of that. You may have lost a loved one and your whole world has seemed to be falling apart. Whatever the issues are that you are dwelling with, 
in the past and trying to figure out what has gone wrong. I'm here to let you know what has happened in your life has happened. And you can't change it. Don't look back and dwell on the shoulda, woulda, couldas. It's time to focus on what's ahead. For Paul sends encouragement to us in saying, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Don't look back. Keep it moving. If you have been torn down in the past, if you will stop looking at your past, God can rebuild you. Don't look back. Keep it moving. God has a proven track record of how he delivered and moved people in order to bless them. The Lord wants to deliver us into a place to be blessed. It is time to step out of the box. Don't look back. Keep it moving. In other words, move on to plan B. Plan A didn't work, so now it's time to move on to plan B. Plan B fails, then move on to plan C. Just keep moving. As we examine our scripture text, we will see that there are three items at work and will help us to keep it moving. Destiny deliverance, and decision. Destiny, deliverance, and decision. Let's look at the text so I can give you a little historical background. Verse 1 says, the two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. So here we have Lot sitting in the gate. Usually, elders and judges of a city sat at the gate. This is where they conducted business and legal issues were settled. So Lot apparently was a leader in the city. Verse 2 says, my lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. This verse gives us the first clue regarding the wicked conditions of the city and Lot's knowledge of it. It was customary for travelers to spend the night in the city square, which is an enlarged area just within the city gate. It served as a marketplace. Their suggestions to sleep in the square was simply customary. These heavenly beings posing as men simply wanted to fit their part as travelers. Verse 3, but he insisted so strongly that they did, that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Why? did Lot strongly urge these strangers not to sleep in the square, rather to spend the night with him. I believe Lot feared for their safety. 
I think he was well aware of the wicked conditions of the city and had probably witnessed attacks on other travelers who slept in the square. So my question is, why did the angels come to Sodom? The answer lies in the word destiny. According to the American Heritage Dictionary, destiny is the inevitable or necessary fate to which a particular person or thing is destined. Which brings us to point number one. Prayer can change your destiny. Prayer can change your destiny. When the Lord reveals his plan to overthrow Sodom and Gomorrah in judgment, Abraham intercedes. His intercessory prayers are coverings and protecting Lot and all of his family. This holds true for many of us here today. We are only here because of the prayers of our grandmother, the prayers of our grandfather, the prayers of our mother, the prayers of our father. Our destiny was changed because someone took the time to pray for us. When we couldn't pray for ourselves, someone interceded on our behalf and God stepped in and changed our destiny. Lot could have been destroyed with the other citizens of Sodom and Gomorrah, but because Abraham prayed on his behalf, his destiny of death was changed. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. It is a wonderful thing to have someone praying for you. However, when I was younger, I can remember the mothers of the church telling us that there is a time when you have to stop living on mommy and daddy's prayers. You must learn how to pray for yourself. The Lord wants you to commune with him. Grandma's prayers, mama prayers, daddy's prayers have gotten you this far. But it's time for you to pick up where they left off. Hallelujah. Doesn't mean that they don't stop praying for you. Hallelujah. My mama, she prays for me all the time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, mom, for praying for me. (laughs) She watches every Sunday. Amen. You will have to take charge of your own destiny. So don't let the circumstances that you find yourself in dictate your destiny. Say, no, you don't have to stay in that state of depression. You don't have to stay in that state of disappointment. You don't have to stay in that state of loneliness. You've got to remember that prayer changes things. Prayer is both a communication link with God and a powerful strategic weapon. And I want to let you know that prayer is not preparation for the battle. Prayer is the actual battle. We are commanded to pray without ceasing. So that means don't stop praying. 
Pray without ceasings means to keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. I don't see nothing. Keep praying. I don't hear nothing. Keep praying. You should never stop praying. If you stop praying, it's because the devil is telling you to stop. He doesn't want you to be successful in God. So you got to tell the devil, you better get out of here because I'm going to pray until God does something. I'm going to pray till God turns my situation around. Hallelujah. We must learn to pray with power. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. Pray with power and believe that God has already done it. Hallelujah. Understand this. No prayer no power. So if you don't pray, you're not going to have any power to fight against the enemy. Little prayer, little power. So if you pray a little bit, you'll have a little bit of power to fight against the enemy, but you may not win the way you want to win. Much prayer, much power. When we prevail in prayer, that is when Satan is defeated. Hallelujah. I don't care what your circumstances look like. I don't care what it is. You've got to pray. This is how we as Christians fight back. We've got to pray without ceasing. Hallelujah. I'm getting excited up here. <laughs> Woo! Praise you, Jesus. Point number two, divine destiny brings deliverance. Divine destiny brings deliverance. So according to the American Heritage Dictionary, deliverance is the state of being rescued, freed, caused to escape from evil, given safety or salvation, redeemed or transferred. Let's look at verse 15. It says, with the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot saying, hurry, take your wife and your daughters, who are here, or you will be swept away from the city when the city is punished. Deliverance is inevitable for Lot and his family. You see, it was because Abraham prayed and Lot's destiny was changed. His destiny has now become the will of God, for it was God who allowed his fate or his destiny to be changed. So when your destiny is in sync with the will of God, you can't stay in the mess that you're in. Did you get that? When your destiny is in sync with the will of God, you can't stay in the mess that you're in. You might be down and out right now, but your deliverance is on the way. Trust me when I tell you God has made a way of escape for you. I know you might not see it right now, for our ways are not his ways and our thoughts are not his thoughts. So you must trust and believe and you shall receive all that God has for you. In verse 16, we read that Lot hesitated. He lingered. He was dragging his feet. Again, what was he waiting on? Perhaps he could not decide what he wanted to do. Perhaps Lot started to think about all the stuff he was going to leave behind. Many of us do that. 
You know the situation that you're in is not good for you. And the best way for you to get out is to move. Keep it moving. But then you start thinking about all the things that you're going to have to leave. After all, Lot, he was a man of power. He was a man of wealth. Moving to another city would mean he would have to start all over. So he lingered. However, the text goes on to say when he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hand of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city for the Lord was merciful to them. So I'm here to let you know, even when you would hesitate, you would hesitate to be delivered. God's mercy grabs you by the hand and pulls you through. Somebody needs to shout glory right there. We serve an awesome God. I just get so excited when I'm talking about God. God will deliver you from out of the mess that you're in, even if you don't want to get out. God knows what's best for us. So why do we hesitate when God has provided a way of escape? It seems that once a pattern of living has been established, it's hard to change. Once we get into a certain way of doing things, it's nearly impossible for us to even fathom the idea of something could be better for us. Or at least we think the way we are accustomed to acting or doing or believing is best for us. What's so hard about leaving some situation, some job, some relationship, some locale, some attitude, some disposition, some negative behavior, some negative habit, some whatever that has been determined not to be in one's best interest? Why do we continue to cling to those situations, those jobs, those relationships, those locales, those attitudes, those dispositions, those negative behavior patterns, those habits, when they are not serving us well. That's why some of us can't get delivered because we're too busy holding on to what God is trying to deliver us from. It's time to let it go. Deliverance has come today. You must stand on the word of God. For my Bible tells me, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver us out of them all. It tells me weeping may endure for a night, but I know that joy is coming in the morning. My pastor would say, so tell weeping, don't pack an overnight bag because joy is coming in the morning. I will be delivered because no weapon formed against me shall prosper for I am more than a conqueror and greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Somebody needs to shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hmm, I I feel the presence of the Lord. Do you feel the presence of the Lord in this place? Hallelujah, I feel the presence 
Hallelujah, I know I need to take it easy, but I get excited. But God, hallelujah, God's word will not return to him void. So everything I'm telling you today, it will happen. Your situation will turn around. Things will get better. Hallelujah. Just believe it. Hallelujah. So here in our text, it states in the text that Lot hesitated to leave Sodom. But the record shows that Lot believed God and stepped out in faith. I don't know why he hesitated as he did, but I do know sometimes that it is hard to leave our present surroundings and step out into the unknown. But if we respond in childlike faith to God calling, he will guide us and keep us as we go one step at a time. Maybe you are hearing God calling to go, but you are reluctant to move. Let me encourage you to trust God and go with his plan and his purpose for your life. Finally, point number three, disobedient decisions can alter your divine destiny. Disobedient decisions can alter your divine destiny. Lot and his family found it hard to leave their home. They were warned not to look back, and there were consequences to looking back. Let's look at verse 26. It says, but Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. God has a plan for your life. He is trying to lead us into a place of untold blessings, but we must keep our faith on track. Poor choices will hurt you in the long run. Lot's wife was destined to be saved. She was destined to be saved. But because of her disobedience, she altered her destiny. When you are disobedient, you must then deal with the consequences. God is telling us this morning, don't look back. Keep it moving. You see, if we don't look back, we can only look forward. That's how we keep it moving. When we look forward, we can look forward to the truth of God's promises, the truth of God's grace, the truth of Jesus Christ. Lot's wife became a symbol of indecision. She had to look back instead of forward to what new thing. God had in mind for her. For Luke 17 and 32 says, Remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to keep his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. That's a warning from Jesus himself. Remember Lot's wife. God is doing a new thing in your life. Embrace the change. Look forward to what God has in store for you. If we keep looking back and clinging to the past, defiantly holding on to what was, then we will miss what God is doing right now. Don't revive what God has removed. Don't revive what God has already removed. Don't gather and piece back together 
what God has smashed and scattered. Don't put yourself back under the yoke that God has already broke. These are the good old days. The best days of your life lie ahead of you. If God is leading your way, don't look back. Keep it moving. That's the word for this morning. Amen. 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 Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time, oh God. God, I know that you have touched someone's heart to don't look back and keep it moving. God, I pray that you would minister those to those who are in need, those who are suffering from the spirit of depression. God, I pray that you remove it right now in the name of Jesus. We rebuke that spirit. That spirit can't live in the believers here. You've got to go in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We speak life and life more abundantly in this house. So God, you are the head. You lead the way, God. Show your people what they need to do. God, let them know that you are with them every step of the way. For your word says to cast all our cares on you, for you care for us. All of these blessings we ask in Jesus' name. Let the church say, amen.